As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hi everyone, this is Adam from Team Overdrive, and welcome to episode 19 of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. I am joined by today's host, Jill. Jill, how are you doing today? I'm good, how are you? I'm doing really well, thank you. So how about you tell our listeners what today's episode is about? Sure, so we do our usual thing of talking about recent reads that we have done, and then at the end we talk about forthcoming books, Mm -hmm. but the middle section... Uh, Liz and I talk about William Shakespeare because it is Shakespeare 400. It's been 400 years since Shakespeare died. And so we spend that time talking about his plays, um, contemporary adaptations Mm -hmm. of it. We touch a little bit on the authorship issue. So, yeah, it was a pretty well-rounded episode. And something that I love about um, the collection development team here, the team that you work on at Overdrive, is that because we have so many different librarians, you're able to find particular ones that will do really well for each different episode and Liz is like the biggest Shakespeare fan I think I've ever met. Agreed. So she was the perfect person. You can you'll everyone who's listening will hear her excitement yes. very very quickly. Um, if you want to give us your feedback after or let us know what you're reading anything like that you can always email us at feedback at overdrive.com. You can send us comments on Twitter at Overdrive Libs. You can find us on Facebook uh, you can put notes in iTunes or in Libsyn, anywhere you want to leave a message. We'll be able to track it down. Um, Liz, any th- Liz, you're Jill. Jill, any- I'm Jill. <laughs> you're Jill, who is with Liz in this episode. Jill, anything else you want to add for our listeners? Nope, that about covers it, I think. Fantastic. Well, enjoy this episode of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast, and I'm going to stop talking now. <laughs> and welcome to the 19th episode of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. I'm your host, Jill, and today I have Liz with me. Hi, Liz. Hey. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How good. are you? I'm good. Are you excited to be on the podcast again to talk I about? I am. I am. I've had a, a really good reading streak since we last spoke. The last time I was here was the Romance Podcast. Indeed. And, oh man, I've just come across some really great books. I'm excited. So what have you been reading? Okay, well, uh, I'll... You're like all excited. <laughs> I am, I am. I'm, uh, so I've read a lot lately. Uh, I've just been kind of deep diving into all sorts of things. And so I'm going to start with youngest to oldest. <laughs> okay. So um, my new favorite thing are uh, musical read-alongs. So we okay. have these read-alongs where it's like the, the audio narration accompanied to the picture book. And um, I found some where they're actually songs. 
So one of them is literally like Take Me Home Country Roads by John Denver. <gasps> Shut up. Yeah, it's so cute. And it's just, it's like, it's almost like a music video, but the video is a book and it's, it has like the follow the bouncing ball kind of lyrics and they're illustrated there. Um, so that one in particular is illustrated by Christopher Canyon and they are just lovely. And then there's this one called I Got Two Dogs and it's written and sung by John Lithgow. Yes. And it is amazing. It just has this really good fiddle accompaniment and um, literally, like, whenever I just need a little joy in my life, mm-hmm. I will find it in the catalog and, quote-unquote, read it, sure. listen to it, because it just warms my heart. <laughs> Fun. Yeah, so that's my new favorite thing, is the to kind of, along. like, trove through the catalog and try to find more, because I, I have a small collection going, Okay. Uh, which I will be posting on, on our blog soonish. But, um, you know, I, I really want to try to find more. So if you guys listening out there know of any more really musical read-alongs, let us know. For sure. Yeah, they can, the email address, feedback at overdrive.com. So definitely email us if, if they have come across it. Because if we have such a big catalog, it's so hard to, you know, I mean, like sometimes it's just very serendipitous. and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're not, they're not uh, tagged in any particular way. Right. But, yeah, so I found, I found a few. They're very fun. And then for, like, my young adult books, um, I just finished Gabby, uh, A Girl in Pieces by Isabel Quintero. And it's about this uh, girl. It's this really interesting book. It's, a, it's written in journal form, and she it's, like, her senior year of high school. Okay. And she basically just goes through the... Like just like the whole the whole spectrum of teen issues, like she's applying for colleges and she's worrying about you know the SATs and and then and prom and then also like her father has a substance abuse problem and like so her family is dealing with that and like one of her friends becomes pregnant and another one of her friends uh, is gay and comes out to his parents and. And so there's, like, all her and her friends just kind of, like, they just go through the full spectrum. And it's just, like, a really lovely book. And she's a burgeoning poet. And so there's oh, a lot of... Oh, okay. So it really uh, dovetailed well into... I just read this in April. And since April was National Poetry Month, it, it very much dovetailed Indeed. into that. And so it was kind of nice. I didn't, I didn't know, <laughs> but it worked out quite well. And it was really lovely. And she talks about all of her favorite poets. And there's a lot of poetry in the book. And... Um, it's just really a great book. And then the other uh, teen book that I just finished like a day or two ago uh, was uh, Symptoms of Being Human by Jeff Gard- Garvin. And that's a debut that came out just in February. And it's about um, a trans fluid teenager and kind of just uh, coping with a new school and dealing with people who, you know, mock her him mm-hmm. and um and you never find out the biological birth okay. gender of, I like that of the of the of the of Riley the right. character and I thought that was really interesting too is that the the author definitely like you know you never really do and that's a very um important choice it seems like yeah yeah and author. like this because like that's it's that is the the whole point is to not right you know, and uh and then, you know, uh, this person is the child of a um, congressman and then all the fallout. Oh. And they write, a, they write a blog about, like, you know, life as a trans fluid teenager and, and that 
and like that eventually becomes public and like the the fallout of that and things like that and it's they're both pretty tough like they mm-hmm. could be they give you a lot of the feelings i i definitely <laughs> had to be careful i was listening to the audio but partially you know here at work and i had to be careful because there like there were some tender moments where i got a little a little weepy <laughs> oh yeah no i totally understand i uh a couple months ago i listened to the audio of george by alex gino and it was the same thing like at the end I was listening to it here and I was just like nobody come on my desk because I'm just like <laughs> I have all the feels right now I have all the feels <laughs> don't come to my desk yeah that happened to me when I was listening to um, Please Forgive Me Leonard Peacock mm-hmm. by Matthew Quick and I it was so so emotional that people were I mean like cause unfortunately I was like facing the kitchenette so people were walking past my cubicle right. a lot and and people are like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, it's just, it's just really an audiobook. <laughs> I had to, I had to stop and yes. read it at home. <laughs> that is sort of the flaw in listening to audiobooks at work. <laughs> every once in a while, they'll like kind of catch you off guard. <laughs> yeah. And, and like everybody like, oh, knows. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> so, um, I, what have I read recently? Um, I had read uh, The Codex by um, Lev Grossman. He did The Magicians. And this is sort of a... How would I describe it? It's like a mist, uh, It's like a, a search for a book that may or may not actually exist. Like an, you know, an, an older uh, book. And there's a lot of sort of mystery with regard to what is in the book. Whether it actually exists. Um, they go, you know, deep diving in the archives of a fancy library, which is always fun. Nice. Uh, and then it, it kind of plays also with, um, there's a connection to a kind of virtual reality type game that is, is in the book as well. I, like, this was like a one day read for me. Wow. Yeah. I just could not stop reading this book. And is it set like so? Is it it's set, it's set like, in the, realistic? Yeah, modern set, yes. times. It's set in the present, um, and it's not like you know, like the magicians like a, was fantasy. No, so. it's not a fantasy. Um, it's set, yeah, in like contemporary realistic times. He is hired by um, to kind of catalog a personal library of a duke and a duchess Ooh. that has been sitting in boxes for decades. Um, and he is told that if he comes across this particular book to make sure to tell them if he finds it. Um, and then when he starts to kind of research the author of the book, he finds out that this book is more like a literary myth type of thing. You know, like there are references to it, but nobody's ever actually seen the original source. And so nobody actually believes it exists. But then he starts digging deeper and he gets a scholar who um, studies the author involved and it just becomes like this. It's it's good. That sounds really it good. It was really good. <laughs> like I said, like I read it in a day because I could not put it down. So like don't make any plans. <laughs> yes. Like and it was like sometimes with those books, it maybe takes a while to get into it. No, from the very first page I was like in and don't do anything else because I have to finish this book and just keep reading. So it was really good. And I did that. The other book I did that with recently was Red Rising by Pierce Brown, the sci-fi book, um, which 
The third one just came out, the third in the trilogy, so the last um, at the beginning of the year. But I hadn't read them before, and Red Rising, like, again, started it and read it in, like, a day because it was just so good. And um, it's sci-fi, and the character, main character, Darrow, um, is on Mars. He is a miner on Mars. It's, like, set way in the future. Um, And he is told that they are making Mars habitable for generations down the road. Um, only he figures out very early on that that's not true, that they're basically just slaves to do this, just to do this. And people have been living here all this time for all these, um, for centuries. And so the society is color coded with red as the bottom color. The gold is um, the top color and he sort of figures out a way to kind of infiltrate the golds and that's sort of what it's about. Yeah. And so I just started the second one, um, Golden Sun, which, um, yeah, it's good. It's a good series. It's interesting. It is very interesting. That happened to me recently. I read, um, Illuminae, which is yes. like a five, six hundred page book, but it's a lot of like uh, graphics as okay. well. And I, I started it on a Saturday morning with no intention of <laughs> that's what happened yeah. of failing on my entire day, and I finished it that night because it was just really exciting. It was really like you just were like, oh, what's gonna happen? What's gonna yeah. happen? Yeah, and you know, it was just it was an interesting read. Um, yeah, yeah, um. So I've, I actually have a few more. Go right <laughs> like ahead. I had a really good streak. That's okay. Um, another we'll support that. Another debut that came out in February was this book by um, Mo Daviao called Every Anxious Wave, and it's this, um, it's kind of this madcappy, slightly absurd book about a man who owns a bar and he used to be like a '90s indie rocker, and he finds a wormhole in his closet that takes him and he fig- and like he has this he just has this friend who figures out a way to control the wormhole and they can just type in the date and the time and the place and go to that date time and place nice. and they don't really she never really she never really explains it but um and so he uses it to go back in time to see shows like musical concerts sure and he sells and that's how he makes money off of it too is that he sells these go back in time to see the Ramones at CBGB kind of thing um, to all these other people and they're and um, and then like all this crazy stuff happens and there's this really madcap kind of wacky plot that there's lots of time jumping and and um, but the, the really interesting part was how how the characters themselves were so very real like the characters mm-hmm. were like so human and so great and so you just you just really felt like you knew them, but it had this kind of like ludicrous, wacky plot, and it was very it was kind of I guess Monaghan esque maybe. Okay, I really liked it. And then I started the saga graphic novels. Oh yes, and those have been pretty amazing. Yeah. as well, I'm I'm desperately on hold for. That's the worst. <laughs> Volumes two and three. I burned through volume one very quickly of like the, you know, the multiple issues. Right. Right. So. All right. You had a lot of reading done. I have. It's been, it's been a good run. That's good. I'm glad. I'm, my, my book on Wii is, is over. <laughs> <laughs> book on Wii is the worst. I hate when that happens. I know. 
I know. How do you get through it? Like, what do you do when you have book on me? You know, you just have to do the whole, you know, Nancy Pearl thing where, like, if a book doesn't interest you, just jettison it. Yep. Because, you know, it'll even always come back to it later. Or just be like, no, not for me, you know? I usually, I have, like, a handful of books that I've read a million times, so I know that I will like them and I will be able to get through them. So if it gets really bad, I'll just pull one of those off and somehow, like, Reading it and finishing it is the big part. is is usually enough to kind of yeah get me to to go to other stuff. I have yeah. a couple of books that I read like once a year, once mm-hmm. every other year. I also do the so there are some books that I ration the author. Like, sure. Like um, I haven't read all of like Kurvana gets one of my favorite authors, and I haven't read all of his books, but I only let myself read one a year because there will no, there will be no more Kurvana books. Correct. And I remember when I finished the last Austin, and I was like, no more Austins. <laughs> Never again will I read a new Austin. <laughs> and so I like so sometimes I'll get out, I'll I'll be like, okay, it's time. It's time for one of my ration books. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Yeah. I never really would have considered that, but that's yeah. true. Like I drag my drag my feet. Like I just finished The Secret History by Donna Tart because mm-hmm. I was like she only writes a book every 10 years, so right. it's going to be a while before we get another one, <laughs> maybe. Maybe. And and so I, you know, I haven't, I haven't, I'm taking my time. Okay. I'm rush through them. I do the exact opposite. <laughs> like, I, like, I did it with both Bill Bryson and Chuck Palahniuk when, like, I discovered them. I, like, read everything in, like, a matter of weeks, like. I did the exact opposite. Yeah, I do that sometimes with authors that are living, and I know okay. they're going to publish. And you feel more. like they're going to publish more. Yeah, I do definitely Fair. do that. Or you know, if it's if it's a series, I'll burn through it. I'll just binge read all like, all in a row. I'm like five books, do it, boom. You know, if I'm really into it, right? But but I try. I try to ration out some of my some of my some of my favorites. That makes sense. <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah. All right, that works. So it's April, obviously. It's April. It's uh, Shakespeare 400. It is Shakespeare 400. Shakespeare 400. Uh, I'm really excited. <laughs> I love Shakespeare. Uh, oh, Shakespeare. It's the 23rd, right? It was April 23rd. Is that correct? I don't know. I think it might have been the 28th. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I think... The well, 20- they don't... Well, I guess they probably don't really know when he was born because I yeah, don't know how I that think, works. I think the 28th was his, was his, his death, death date. Okay. And there's a rumor, I don't know if this is true or not, but I've heard rumors that it. a lot of people think it's the same day, like he was born and died on the same day. Correct. But... Yeah. See, even it this discussion happen. kind of proves that fact. Yeah. <laughs> Let's say it happens back in the that time period. Records <laughs> were a little laxing. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's, that's where the whole is Shakespeare really the author of all those plays yeah. and poems. I don't know. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Yeah, I I don't know if it really matters to me that much yeah. if he did or didn't. I think, like, Shakespeare as a concept mm-hmm. is sort of more important than Shakespeare the person, yeah. if that makes sense. It's all about the stories and it's the all about the language. S- yeah, it's about the stories. It's about, you know, the globe and theaters and... Um, bringing art to the masses that it yeah I don't I don't really know if I care that much yeah who wrote Shakespeare's plays and it's kind of like 
and right now especially is such a good time for Shakespeare derivatives. Yes. It is there's so much great stuff out there right now. Um like like the William Shakespeare's Star Wars, mm-hmm. like the story of Star Wars written in Shakespearean English um by Ian Drescher. Like those are hilarious. I love them. And I was listening to one of his audiobooks earlier. Um earlier in the last couple of weeks and they're just so good or there's this um there's this pl- a, re- a rewrite rewritten of the two uh pardon me there's this re- 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 rewritten version of the uh the big lebowski okay. two gentlemen of lebowski oh my god that's amazing <laughs> who oh i just i really want our local theater company to <laughs> put on that play i want so bad but we have that too okay <laughs> And then the, just the retellings, like the uh, the Hogarth Shakespeare series that we've mentioned before on the podcast. There, yeah, that's some that's some good stuff right there. I'm super excited about the Margaret Atwood. I know, oh. Hagseed. I am so excited. Like she's my favorite author ever. Um, so when I heard she was doing one of them, yeah, there's some there's some good stuff. No one's doing Midsummer yet. That's my favorite play. Is it? Yeah, I'm really waiting for a Midsummer. So and I uh, I read Vinegar Girl, which is the one that comes out this summer. It was and it was fun. It, it was by um, Ann Tyler. Okay, and it's the Taming of the Shrew. Taming of the Shrew. Okay, it was very good. I recommend it. And then there's uh, so and Rachel W, who works here, turned me on to Fool by Christopher Moore, mm-hmm. and that is this retelling of King Lear from the perspective of the fool, and it's very. Oh. Silly and funny and body and dare I say even a little bit raunchy maybe, depending on. Well, Shakespeare uh, wasn't exactly exactly. That's the <laughs> point. And 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 Christopher Moore, he's just like I'll just I'll pull lines from all the plays. Like he definitely he doesn't care. Right. Like, he he deliberately does not try to be a purist about it. Like, yeah. It's just it's so funny and like I listened to the audiobook narrated by uh, Ewan Morton, who I am now convinced is uh, an audiobook god. He is amazing. I love him. I love his books. So I'm going to read the uh, sequel really soon, and that's The um, Serpent of Venice. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Oh, but man, that was so good. I loved Fool by Christopher Moore. I actually told a bunch of people about it. <laughs> and now you just told a bunch more. And See? now I just told a bunch more. <laughs> I think... I don't know. I don't know what it is about Shakespeare. They're just so... The stories are just so timeless. Mm-hmm. You know, that makes adaptations so easy. And they can be set in, in, you know, like countless number of settings and time periods. And it all still makes sense. Yeah. Like, just, I think that's what... I mean, like, that's just what kills me. <laughs> they all still make sense. No matter... What setting or time or like what adaptation you decide and what version, you know, it still makes sense. Yeah, like Clueless. Yes. Or um, Ten Things I Hate About You. Ten Things I Hate About You. Or Scotland PA. Yes. With Christopher Walken. Great movie. <laughs> it's just, yeah. But even though, I mean, like, so there's those, but then there's the ones that do Shakespeare as Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. You know, like the Hamlet. Um, Kenneth Branagh did and oh, Othello and Much Do About Nothing. Yeah, I'll, there's a couple of versions of Much Do About Nothing. They're, they're all great. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and Joss Whedon did one too. Mm-hmm. And so, 
That was good. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, it still <laughs> works. It still works. <laughs> maybe it's like, maybe that's part of the magic of Shakespeare and why it doesn't really matter who yeah. wrote them. It's like the people wrote them because, <laughs> okay, maybe not. But I mean. They are, they're just, they're just, and the, and the language is, is just so good. It's so, yeah. like, there's a lot of, um, there's actually a, a young adult nonfiction book that is on my list that's, um, like, it, it's about, like, it's literally called Will's Words, How Shakespeare Changes, Changed the Way You Talk. Yes. And there's, I mean, there's a lot of people who just say, you know, like, if you use this phrase, if you use that phrase, blah, you know, there's, and, you know, you, you could have a whole episode just devoted to Indeed. your favorite lines and your favorite phrases. And it's, I don't know. He's just, Shakespeare's amazing. I, when I was in high school, uh, we went to London and we went to the Globe Theater, um, and in like the gift shop, there was like this poster that was, oh, I don't even remember, but it was the same thing, like phrases that like Shakespeare invented mm-hmm. that are now, you know what I mean? I still regret not buying that poster because I couldn't figure out how to get it home. <laughs> like that was my thing. Like, how am I going to get this poster home? But uh, like just reading it was so cool. Just all mm-hmm. of this. Like the names and words and phrases that we still use to this day that come from Shakespeare's plays blows my mind. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it's just amazing. I use that word a lot. It's okay. <laughs> I think we all have our favorite <laughs> adjectives. So you said Midsummer is your favorite? Midsummer is my favorite. Okay. What is it about Midsummer? I think it probably there's a couple of reasons. One, it was probably one of the first plays I ever I re, I mean like I didn't read it. <laughs> I didn't read the original play when I was young, but I read like an, an adapted version sure. and I just it really appealed to me as a kid because I was, you know, a hardcore fairy tale lover. Mm-hmm. And and then it was also one of the first plays I'd seen performed. Um, when I, 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 one of the reasons why I love Shakespeare so much is that when I was an undergrad, uh, the local theater company called, um, at the time it was called Great Lakes Theater Festival, but now I think it's just called Great Lakes Theater. Mm -hmm. They had this, um, discount for young, young people. And I bought, so my, my, my best friend and I, Megan, we bought season tickets for several years straight, and they were very inexpensive. They were the tickets were like the cost of a movie ticket. Oh, okay. And so we would buy whole seasons at once, you know, and spend like fifty bucks. And um, we saw they did this version of a Midsummer Night's Dream where it was uh, like the costumes were all the costumes and the soundtrack. Like they had like little snippets of music in between set changes were all like nineteen sixties themed. And mm. so I believe it was. Lysander was dressed up like um, John Lennon, and Demetrius was dressed up like Paul McCartney. I can see it. I can see it. And it was just hilarious. It was so funny and so well done. It was probably, and it just, it just, I just remember, you know, I remember, (laughs) I remember the guy who played Bottom came into the Starbucks I was working at. And I was like, oh, my God, you're Andrew May. I saw you in Midsummer Night's Dream. You were so good. And he was just like, whoa. Because <laughs> this like, 20-something-year-old girl was groupying him over a Shakespeare play at Starbucks. Oh, my God, that's hysterical. 
And he would bring in like some of his coworkers, and I'd be like, sure. "I loved you at Taming of the Shrew." <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> so, uh, and, and, and it just—I don't know—I just really loved, and you know, and I really love that line. You know, the path of true love never did run smooth, right. and 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 just it's—I just really love Midsummer, and it's fun, and I like happy endings. <laughs> fair, that's fair. So, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always like to think Beth. Beth is my favorite. Nice. I know. We're not in a theater, so it's okay if I say it out loud. Um, <laughs> I think, I don't even, I mean, I read Roman and Juliet in high school, um, and then I decided to read Macbeth for fun one summer, because of course I did, and I don't know, I think just the drama. There's so much drama, <laughs> and you know, you have these, like Macbeth and Lady Macbeth, and I mean, when I think about it, and people who have listened to the podcast know that when it comes to, like, Harry Potter, like, I self-identify as a Slytherin. So that whole ambition thing is very, very evident in (laughs) Beth. And that's, like, the whole thing. Yeah. (laughs) Is, um, is Is the ambition and, you know, is it, you know, I think sort of the supernatural element of it, too, is a very interesting and fascinating part you know did Macbeth do what he did because of the prophecy that the three witches set out or was it his own you know like how much was fate and how much was his own determination mm-hmm. with sort of the crossover there and then you know the ghosts um yeah I love Macbeth it's so good Shaky writes a good ghost story he does he does indeed he does indeed. Yeah. I know. It's good stuff. And, like, I remember, like, when I watched House of Cards, there's, like, a lot of Shakespearean influence in House of Cards. Mm-hmm. But Macbeth, especially in the very first season. I oh, mean, yeah. in, like, all of them. But the first season, specifically, I, like, could pinpoint, like, which characters were represented um, and who they, you know, sort of were from the plays. Yeah. It's good stuff. Oh, Shakespeare. Billy Shakes. <laughs> Good old Philly Shakes. Uh, yeah, I had an old Shakespeare professor called him Willie the Shake. <laughs> <laughs> Willie the Shake. Willie the Shake. I love it. So, um, yeah, Shakespeare. Shakespeare 400. Mm-hmm. We do. We have a lot of Shakespeare and yeah. the new stuff too, like the adaptations. Yeah, there's a there's a guy named Ryan North who. Uh, who who also did those Machine of Death books, and mm-hmm. he was well. He was one of the contributors. There were a lot of people who who did those, and he has two Shakespearean choose your own adventure novels. I love it. Yeah, it's Romeo and or Juliet. Sure. And apparently, you can go all these different ways throughout the story, and then he has one called To Be or Not to Be, which is the Hamlet. I love it. <laughs> they're really good. I really like the um, the really goofy OMG Shakespeare text. Mm-hmm. Yes. I just think it's hilarious that there's one called Mac- Macbeth hashtag killing it. <laughs> I mean, it's legit. Yeah. It's legit. That's how that works. I know. It's just, they're just, I don't know. There's so Classic. much out there. There is so much out there. And it just adapts so well. That just blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't think of any other writer, past or present, who has written stuff that is just so timeless and so fluid in terms of style and everything productions i don't know yeah good old shakespeare good old shakespeare regardless of who wrote it (laughs) 
So are there any books coming out soon that you're looking forward to? Yeah. Um, just this week, uh, a book called The Star-Touched Queen by Roshani Chakshi, okay. I believe is how you pronounce her name. It's coming out, and it's a it's a it's an Indian fairy tale Ooh. rewriting, and it looks really good. That sounds good. Yeah, I haven't I have not read like a an advanced reader copy or anything, so I'm I'm waiting, waiting for this book. Um, and I'm gonna pounce pretty quickly once I once I can get it through my yeah. local library. <laughs> That's how that works? Yeah, yeah. And then I I did read and and an advanced reader copy of a book called Beauty and the Clockwork Beast, which is a romance novel, because, you know, I like those. Okay. And it comes out in August, early August, and it was, it's a steampunk, you know, if the word clockwork is in the title, you can pretty much. Sure. It's a safe assumption. <laughs> yeah. But it was very, very, uh, very good ghost story, very, okay. very gothic, like super delightfully, just really gothic. It was, I'm down with that. Yeah, it was great. I was very surprised. I really enjoyed... Like, I won't say that it was... I just really enjoyed it. I okay. it was a nice little... It's, it was pretty fun. I, um, and then my last thing that I'm looking forward to is the uh, Shadows of the Dark Crystal book that comes out in June. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty excited about that one. Tell us a little bit more about that one. I believe it is a story that takes place in the Dark Crystal universe. Right. But I don't think it's the actual Dark Crystal story. Okay. I don't think it's a rewriting. Just sort of exists. I hope I'm right, because it's I think been a while. Are. That sounds, from what I remember, that sounds vaguely familiar. Like, that sounds, <laughs> no, 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 that sounds correct. That yeah, like, it, it exists in that universe, mm-hmm. but it's not, like, a new yeah. retelling Pretty excited about it though. Yeah. I really love uh, I really love the Jim Henson productions and I, I enjoy the Dark Crystal a lot. Yeah, I just I did not get into that despite growing up in that era. I was more on the labyrinth side when it came to the Jim Henson <laughs> weird dark child movies. <laughs> <laughs> See, I definitely I liked the all all, all puppets. Yeah. The human puppet I felt like the human puppet combo kind of broke the suspension of disbelief for me. Even though I loved the Muppet Show. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, the Dark Crystal's all puppets. Yes. Muppets, yeah. Yeah, it's 100%. Like, they're, they're right. no Right, it's human. all, yeah. Yeah. But it's pretty, it's also pretty, it's, like, super, I never remember the, a good way to put it. It's, it's... <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's just really interesting, and it has this like full circle prophecy fantasy element that you know just is extremely appealing. And... Okay, all right. Well, that should be good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I am looking forward to the Invisible Library by yeah, I written down where to go. Uh, Genevieve Cogman, and this sold me because um, it was described as being for Jasper Ford and Deborah Harkness fans. Ooh. Right? This is what I'm saying. <laughs> so Jasper Ford... I the, like those words. Yeah. So Jasper <laughs> Ford did the Thursday Next series, which I adore, um, which has a lot of Shakespeare in it as well. Oh, yeah. Um, and then Deborah Harkness did the uh, Discovery of Witches, um, the All Souls trilogy. I could not remember. Um both of which I absolutely adore. So I've not read those yet. They're so good. I love them. I love them. They're just 
It's like fantasy. There's time travel. There is Shakespeare. Now that I think about it, like there is um, the second one. Uh, there's some time travel that happens. So it's just, there's sort of like a, it's a witch and a vampire. And in modern day, um, Oxford, right? That's where Souls is. Um, modern day Oxford. So I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Nice. Yeah. I see for all of the ridiculous books I read, I cannot get into time travel books. <gasps> really? I can't. I'm reading the series right now, and uh, I could not tell you the name or the author. I because I, I just read it this whole weekend. Like I just like oh, I'll just read this one. And, right. And it, it it's you know it's ro- it kind of romance-ish, but it, there's never ever any resolution, and that's why I keep reading these books is because I want the resolution. Sure. And um. And in the in the third book, there's this time travel element, and I'm just like, oh, time travel. What is this? What is this section going to be over? That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I did, you know I didn't get into the Outlander books. I, I yeah, I tried to get into those, and I couldn't get into Outlander yeah, for whatever I, reason. And I just I don't know. I mean, I just I just really don't. I just I don't know. For me, that's just a bridge too far, which is funny because I read some pretty wacky stuff, you know? Like, for a lot of people, steampunk is a bridge too far. They're like, I could do fantasy and I could do industrial revolution stuff, but I can't do... Can't combine them. <laughs> yeah, no. You know, it's like, you know, robots and vampires and werewolves. Like, you know, a lot of people are like, mm, uh, no. Right. But time travel is yours. Time travel is, is mine. I can't... Interesting. So I'll try it. You I'm should. I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. You should at least try the first one because there's no time travel in that one. And then you can decide. Yeah, but once I read the first one, if I like it, I'll get sucked in. And I'll you just, will get sucked I'll in. I'll just burn through all of them. Well, okay. That's... So you don't feel that bad about me, do <laughs> No, I'm not going to be like, don't read them then. <laughs> read it. Like, suck it up. Just do it. <laughs> no, no. If you don't like them, that's okay, but... I'm a fan, so yeah. So, The Invisible Library, that's how it was sold. So if you like Jasper Ford and or Deborah Harkness, might... I do like Jasper might, Ford. I, I know, I love Jasper Ford. So good. He hasn't had one out in a while. Yeah. Well, no, he finished um, the YA series. The Last um, Dragon that's Slayer. That's right, he did. Yeah. That's true. So he hasn't had an adult book out. He hasn't had an adult it. book. Fair. He had, like, a secondary series... Shades of Grey, not to be confused with Fifty Shades, just Shades of Grey. And the first one came out years ago. I don't know whatever happened with yeah. the rest of that series. And then there's the Nursery Crimes. The Nursery Crimes. There are only there's only three. Th- yeah, I think so. I've read the first one, and have I read the second one? I'd have to go back and look. I my, think I read the first one. I'm a good reader. <laughs> That's how I keep track of these things. I know. I liked the first one a lot. It was very funny. I really liked Jack Spratt, the character. Yeah, the character. Yeah. Good stuff, I know. Um, the other book I'm looking forward to is by oh, oh, Colleen Oaks. Um, it's The Queen of Hearts. It's, it is a YA book that um, tells the story of the Queen of Hearts from Wonderland and her life and how she became the interesting I know that's sort of what I thought like I like um authors that do that and sort of I like Wicked is one of my absolute favorites that sort of looks at the 
the Wicked Witch of the West. Um, so this is sort of that same idea, but it's, it's the Queen of Hearts and it's YA. I'm fairly certain. Yeah, I love those from the perspective of the character that you would not expect. Correct. Yeah. Like John Gardner's Grendel was so mm-hmm. good. And then uh, White Sargasso Sea. Yes. Oh, it was such a good book. Yeah. I know. I like seeing that kind of unique perspective on yeah. a familiar story. So I'm excited for that one. So lots of good stuff coming out. Yeah. I'm excited. It's going to be a good summer. It is going to be a very good summer. So thanks for coming on the podcast today, Liz. Thank you. It was so much fun. Good. I'm glad. We'll have to have you back again sometime soon. And hopefully all of the listeners got some good titles. Maybe they'll want to try some more Shakespeare. Yeah. Or time travel. Or time travel. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks everyone for listening and happy reading. Bye. Bye. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.